The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This episode of Beyond is brought to you by ForHims.com. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com. Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. 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 Beyond, and welcome to IGN's Beyond, episode 553. My name is Jonathan Dormush. I am your host for this week. This week, we are running down God of War's final Easter egg being confirmed. We also have Spider-Man PS4 going gold, and we're going to be getting some impressions of Overcooked 2 and Chasm, not Chasm, Chasm. But first, a reminder, Beyond has moved. It is now available every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific at beyond.ign.com. It will be available there for 24 hours before it is on all the other platforms you would expect Thursdays at 3 p.m. But be sure to go to beyond.ign.com on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. for the full episode. Now, on to the show. I'm thankfully joined this week by three lovely panelists. First, Tom, the Pie Man Marks. Hello. Old Speedruns Medina, Mark Medina. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see that that coming. Yep. And our resident Monster Hunter expert, Casey DeFritis. Hello. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. I'm Let's. Uh, I'm just okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Mark. Never mind. Well, we're going to jump into some good I'm news. I'm joking. Oh, classic Mark. Classic Mark. <laughs> we're going to jump right into some news that uh, should make some hunters happy, maybe not Monster Hunter fans, but <laughs> the hunt for God of War's final Easter egg is over. Uh, the games director, Corey Barlog, has been talking about this final Easter egg hidden within the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, since the game pretty much came out, he actually referenced it on the IGN spoiler cast for God of War. Uh, but after a bit of digging, fans have finally found it. Spoiler warnings going forward for the end of God of War. If you have not finished the game's story, please don't listen to this segment, otherwise you will be hugely spoiled. Anyway, the final Easter egg is that in the corners of Kratos' house, which is very early on in the game, you can see it pretty much right at the start of the game, there are four little runes carved into the wood, and put together, they spell Loki, which is, of course, the name that Faye, Atreus' mother, wanted to give him before she died. Mm -hmm. So, one, what do you all think of this being the final Easter egg for the game? Sony Santa Monica confirmed that this was, like, the thing fans have been hunting down that Corey's been hinting at. How do you feel about that being, like, the final thing left in there? Well, I think it's very interesting, and there are other clues pointing to that as well. Like, for example, there's, um, I think, a, a, like, a weave that it looks like Faye was doing, and it was, like, you can see half of Loki's sigil, like, in actual Norse mythology. So if you were to have been really 
you know, read up on Norse mythology and had seen that, you might have been able to predict it in the future. But so I'm confused, not confused, <laughs> but I'm surprised that no one saw that in the very beginning and pointed that out until after we already knew that Atreus was Loki. They do like a really good job of like not keeping you in your house. So yeah. I don't think people, yeah. you know, tend to look around. I think it's cool because um, there was a there was another secret uh Kind of like this in Dark Souls, and it was uh, we all familiar. Uh, spoilers uh, the, for Dark Souls. Uh, no, no spoilers. <laughs> um, one of the gifts you choose at the beginning is a pendant, and the pendant seemed to have no in-game use at all. Uh, and the creator was like, "If you don't choose the pendant, you wouldn't, you shouldn't choose anything at all. It's the best thing, right?" And so people are just trying to figure out what this was, and then he eventually came clean on an interview on IGN uh, that it was just like a bit of fun. <laughs> that there's actually nothing there. But it's like, it kind of like, you're just like, oh. Because people found a use for the pendant, and it's it's to get something not that great. And uh, it was like, well, this wasn't really like worth the hunt. And he's mm -hmm. like, oh, because that's not it. And then eventually it was just like, oh, there's nothing. I was just having like a bit of fun. And so oh, it's, like, it's nice that Corey was like, hey, guys, there's a secret out there. And that people were able to find it, and that they were able to be comfortable with saying yes that's it you found it and they're not going to just like carry it on a stick forever yeah and keep the like reddit community searching for something that's yeah. not there i wanted the carrot <laughs> i want I, I wanted the carrot on the stick like to be really like, yeah like i think this is a really cool easter egg i think mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those awesome ones that you're not gonna like really put together until afterwards which is nice because yeah. even if you found all these runes and you tried to put them together you'd be like oh it spells this and then maybe you're just like oh loki's such a trickster ha 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 and you move on and you like right, right. like even oh, yeah. even yeah. if you think about it early on like it's not super a spoiler until yeah. you actually know what's going on i really mm -hmm. like secrets like that um but yeah I, I was just a little bit disappointed that they kept calling this the final thing and that that yeah. was the conversation about it not disappointed in what it was sure. just in that it, it makes it feel like they're like you shouldn't go looking for more <laughs> right like yeah it's almost like they're saying like it's done just move on right. go to other games now and there's nothing more here to see yeah yeah they and, did find so much oh yeah I'm not like, I'm not complaining yeah. that there's not enough in that game far from it that that game is humongous but yeah. uh yeah it was just I, I was just a little bummed by the wording of it all but sure mm -hmm. that didn't make yeah. the thing a bummer or anything like that tom hates god of war you've heard it here first it's yep. true that's uh, that's what i said well so uh, somewhat along those lines a uh, huge shout out to the uh subreddit god of war secrets because they were the ones sort of compiling everything putting all of the clues together piecing every little bit of not just this secret but so much more else in the game and there has been some split opinion in that subreddit of like oh well this was it we thought it was so much more, and there's been some references to interviews Corey gave that were po possibly mistranslated or people misunderstood something he said. Or obviously, I think, I think people want God. something. Yeah, I think I think they want to like, hey, we figured this out, and now Kratos has a shotgun. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like <laughs> it's like what you discovered is just stuff on a wall. Mm -hmm. I think they want some sort of end game thing, mm -hmm. but the thing is, is like. I don't know, data miners would have found that stuff already. And so yeah. it's like you it's pretty obvious it wasn't gonna be something like that. But also God of War had that, right? Like the 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 map, the clue that was only on the cloth map. Yeah. If you look at a bunch of different things, then you get this crazy thing, like and a rift opens up. Like mm -hmm. those those secrets were in the game. Yeah. It's just we'd already found them. Yeah. And and I think you're right that people wanted more than that. But Corey saying, Oh yeah, there's something you guys haven't found doesn't necessarily equate to you are owed some other <laughs> right, in-game right. item, right? Sure. Like, I think I think it's different. I think it's less like this is the best secret in the game, and yeah. this was more just like 
hey, we have this list of secrets and and you guys didn't find one yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know. And what's really cool about it is obviously we were saying there are a lot more secrets in this game that players have already found. And yeah. just the amount of layers to this world and what was built into it. Because it was something I talked about in my review of how intentional so much of this game felt mm-hmm. in the gameplay and the storytelling and everything. And so cool to see that that's true of the world that they built too. That they've layered so much. Corey has talked about it a lot of how Faye knew everything that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. That Faye predicted mm-hmm. this journey they would have. And so to have yeah. just even a thing at the beginning of the game that you would miss you would normally miss that when you're playing but just to have it there at the very start like she knew she knew everything that was going to happen yeah um it further drives that point yes she she knows it all yeah i very much want a walking simulator prequel game where it's just you doing like Faye preparing all of the things that are going to happen for them in the game (laughs) that could be cool yeah like her setting up traps so the mountain falls in a certain (laughs) way and her being like that twig should be two inches to the left and that would work uh but so there is some discussion with god of war fans about how there may be other secrets to find there are these red box runes that haven't properly been figured out there's sort of a mix of Norse mythological runes, but also some, I believe, like other set of magical symbols, uh, staves that people have found that sort of relate to each other. Um, so if, if this is the final actual secret that they planted in the game, are you guys seem to be okay with that? Or would you like to see more, especially since they're introducing New Game Plus to the game, they have the opportunity to sort of seed some stuff in. Would you want them to, or do you feel like leave the game as they attended originally? Oh, I'm, I'm totally into devs sneaking more secrets into <laughs> updates that yeah. aren't like that or aren't supposed to be about that. I love when they do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'll stick to just like whether he does or not. I'm glad that they were OK with confirming that everything's been found. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of a I don't know. I guess you can kind of say like ballsy thing to kind of just like end cap their game by being like, you guys did it. You found everything. <laughs> and it's like most devs probably wouldn't want to admit that. So I'm, I'm just glad whether they add more stuff is like irrelevant because yeah. it's just gonna be you know it's just gonna be news stories to me because I'm not gonna go back and look for anything. <laughs> yeah, it was really nice that they aren't sending everyone on wild goose chases. Like yeah. I know with Shadow of the Colossus, people tried to find secrets in that game forever. Well, the the no. extra Colossus <laughs> that people theoretically thought would be there. And, yeah, and, and <laughs> they like it was crazy, and I'm I'm glad that no <laughs> one will be wasting their time looking for something that isn't there. <laughs> What, was it the 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 Kiliad mystery? Is that what it's called? I, maybe I'm saying that wrong. The GTA Five thing with the aliens, where yeah, the Mount oh, Kiliad, yeah, yeah, where Uf- they UFO, yeah, they found UFO symbols everywhere, and they found this whole mural. People were looking for those secrets for well, the, years. Another Grand Theft Auto would be the uh, the Sasquatch from yeah, yeah from yeah, the uh, Bigfoot San Andreas, and mm-hmm. it's like nobody ever found it. <laughs> you know, I really want to know if any of you guys watching or listening have looked for an Easter egg for years, only to find out after hours and hours and hours of looking that there definitely was nothing there. Are you upset about it? Or did you, are you just satisfied that you tried? Yeah, do you appreciate the journey or are you pissed that you wasted your time? Yeah. (laughs) Also, if you haven't watched its now defunct game trailers, uh, Pop Fiction is like literally a show dedicated to this and it's really, really good. Good to know. Really, I really good stuff. <laughs> I, I love when stuff is hidden in these games. I agree that I'm glad that we know this was the end and that players can sort of mm-hmm. like rest easy with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume there will be things hidden in the next game we're going to talk about because it's recreating New York and there's a lot of space there. Uh, <laughs> Spider Man for PS4 has gone gold. Uh, the game is done. Of course, they'll probably be trying to squash some bugs in the next few weeks. Like the game is, we'll probably have yeah. some uh-huh. squash some uh-huh. bugs, squash some virtual bugs. Uh, but one. 
how are you guys excited? We haven't, I haven't really talked to all of you about Spider-Man. I want to get your thoughts on it. And also the concept of going gold in this age where things can be patched so easily. What do you yep. think of? Yep. Uh, I'm very excited for Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm excited. Uh, going gold again. Yeah. Doesn't really mean much. It basically just means that, you know, going gold does mean something because there are people out there that play their PlayStation that don't have an internet connection. So going gold does have to mean that the game is theoretically complete. Uh, it's very exciting because it just kind of guarantees there's not going to be any more like delays. Not that the game was ever <laughs> yeah. delayed. And I, I know it's coming out soon. Um, no, I'm very excited for it. I, I know it's like a, it's like a team thing too. I remember when no man's sky went gold and they took that big picture wheel with the disc. And so I know it's like a, a it's a morale boost to see, you know, even though it's like burned or whatever, uh, but to see your game like physically on a disc is, is got to make them feel good, especially since like Insomniac, like they seem like they've worked really hard on this game. I, I wouldn't say a lot. I don't, I don't know if anything's like riding on it in the sense of like people love Insomniac, but I think it's gonna be good. I'm very excited for it. I played quite a bit of Spider-Man 2, and that was a ton of fun, so I'm mm -hmm. really excited to come back and re-experience it. I haven't played it at all. I didn't even Ooh, play it at E3. Okay. I have not played so, it either. But I did hear it was pretty challenging, which makes me more excited for it. Um, it's just cool. I'm glad that it's <laughs> it's done, and it's going to come out on time, because yeah. I'm sure a lot of people would be very upset. <laughs> <laughs> the challenge is an interesting part to bring up, too, just because... Uh, I feel like there's that balance with Spider-Man specifically as a movement mechanic mm -hmm. of you need him to feel, you need to feel in control. You need to mm -hmm. feel like you can do everything that he can do. But also if you make that too on rails, then mm -hmm. it's yeah. not fun. So I, yeah. I, I agree. There's that, there's that flow that you have to hit right in the middle there. Um, yeah, which I'm excited to get my hands on it. Right. I want to see what that's like. I'm really excited for it. This was one of the games that, when I bought a PS4 Pro, basically was it was mostly for God of War, and then this, and going back to a few other things, um, and I'm I'm just looking forward to it, man. There, there are it reminds me of a lot, and I know I'm not the first person by far to make this comparison, but it reminds me a lot of the Arkham games mm -hmm. early on, like the first Arkham game when when you played that game, you felt like Batman. Like, you just did. You got in there and you were fighting multiple dudes at once and you were jumping up on the gargoyles and you were doing all that stuff. And even if this game plays completely differently, mm -hmm. it still has that same sort of vibe where I don't think I've played anything that made me feel like Spider-Man quite right. as much, mm -hmm. right? And obviously that doesn't have any bearing on if the game's any good or sure. if it's bad or mm -hmm. or how widespread it is or any of that stuff. It's just, it feels so, so like Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. It almost reminded me too of when we, at E3, when we played Anthem and it was just an Iron Man simulator. And oh, I was yeah. like, why is yeah. this game not an Iron Man licensed game? And it would, it's, it, it just feels so Spider-Man-y and so, so cool that way. Wait, so you've played it? I played it at E3. Yeah, yeah see, and that's the thing is, like, there are so many things. I, I remember when uh, it, it's like you just want to get your hands on something. Like, mm -hmm. I I, I kind of <laughs> teared up the first time I played Horizon Zero Dawn <laughs> because I'd been following that game so long. So to actually, like, I'm like, I want to see what it's like to, to move Aloy around. And so when I did for the first time here at IGN, I was just like, Man, this is this is awesome. It feels exactly how I thought it was going to feel. The same thing happened with uh, like I wasn't really a big fan of like the DualShock Three, and so when they showed the DualShock Four, 
I was at work at another job, and one of my coworkers was like, "Hey, they have a PS4 at GameStop or whatever, you know, before, oh, before it came out." <laughs> and I, I was like, "I have to. I'll be right back." And I <laughs> left the job. I didn't even play any games because all they have was like Knack or whatever. I didn't even play anything. Knack <laughs> <laughs> shade. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, all I did was just hold the controller, and I was like, "Okay." And you never went work to good. work at that other job again. And then I and then I was like, I'm gonna go work at IGN. It's like cover PS4. No, yeah. that wasn't for years. But you know, it was just it was just one of those things where it's like, if Spider Man were here right now and they were like, Mark, you can play it for five minutes, I'd be like, good, because I just want to see what it feels like. Right. And then that's fine. And then I'll wait because that's that's what hurts the most is, is the not knowing. <laughs> it's, okay, it's okay. Well, you'll get through these next few weeks. It's very close. It's only it's September. Very 7. close. So, yeah, what's what's nice is I I played it. I got the chance at E3 to play it and I had that same reaction of I don't care what I don't want to see anything else of the game. I just want to know if it felt right when I played it. Yeah. And like having that satisfaction, there was a challenge. Uh, like for the f- first, I played the demo three times, and for the first time, I was running into walls and accidentally like losing my grip on things. And so I was <laughs> I was a bad Spider Man at first. Oh, no. <laughs> I was not good despite him being several years. You're into just the a job. new Spider Man. Exactly. I was just getting my footing down. Mm-hmm. But uh, th- there is something exciting about that, and to know that. It is at the point where it is ready to be shipped and ready to be mass produced on discs, and we are so close to this game, and I desperately want more of it. I'm sure we'll get a bit more of it in the next few weeks. Yeah. But I'm very excited about that one. We interrupt this program to bring you a brief message from Hims, a new wellness brand for men. Here's a not so fun fact 66% of men lose their hair by age 35, and by the time you start to notice hair loss, it's usually too late. It's generally easier to keep the hair that you have than to replace the hair that you've lost, so why not do something about it? Forhims.com is a one stop shop for hair loss, skincare, sexual wellness, and other stuff like that that might be embarrassing to deal with in person. Luckily, with Hims, there's no waiting room, no awkward doctor's visits, and you can save plenty of time by just going to a website. Hims connects you with real doctors and gives you medical grade solutions to treat hair loss and other possibly embarrassing problems. And this isn't snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements either. These are well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. If this sounds like it would help you out, order now. Our listeners get a trial month of hymns for just five bucks today, right now, while supplies last. See the website for full details, but this would cost hundreds of dollars if you went to the doctor or to a pharmacy. So just go to forhims.com slash beyond. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash beyond. Once again, that's forhims.com slash beyond. Thanks for listening, and now back to the show. Uh, something a little further off in the future is some more DLC for Nino Kuni 2. Woo. So not totally far off because no. the free update is coming out on August 9th. Yes, the which first is free update. Close. And then there is a big story expansion coming in early 2019 yep. along with a couple other free DLC packs in between. Mm-hmm. Um so yes, uh DLC pack number 1, I believe it's v- vaguely I think referenced in an adventure pack <laughs> yes. coming yeah. out on August 9th. Yes. Uh do you have all the full details Casey? I, have, I do. Yeah. I got them right here. Mark's got it. Mark's got this. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> so um in Nino Kuni 2, there are these things called Dreamer's Doors, which is part of a, a side quest. Um, and these are your procedurally generated dungeons that go deeper and deeper floor by floor. And they can be pretty difficult. And it's also where you get your exclusive materials and like end game stuff. Um, so to the very last of these Dreamer's Doors dungeon, the um, Faraway Forest, they're adding two more floors. Um, where you can unlock new costumes for your characters. And they're also adding two new bosses... And I can't remember what they're called, but it's Blackheart and Zara or Zena. I can't remember her name, but she looks like a Sarah. Zena? 
Xena yeah. warrior the princess. Warrior yeah. princess. Yeah. yeah. And then Blackheart is a dragon. So they look pretty cool. That's right. um, that seems. Right. I think that's warrior all princess and a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Far away for forest cave to new floors. And I know that that dungeon also has a level 95 boss. Well, so more end game com- content. Yes. Yeah. It seems like everything coming out is very much for mm-hmm. people who have beaten the game. Yeah. Uh, to give them some the, excuse to return. Yeah. The big update in early 2019 is going to be more story content. And I'm not totally. And the there's a new dungeon with the second pack coming out in the winter. So. It's a lot. I was yeah, there's I, quite a bit. I was a really big Nino Cooney fan uh, this year. It was on PC and PS4, but I played on PS4, and I did not expect to get as sucked into it as I did, especially with the kingdom building mechanic. Mm-hmm. And that really hooked mm-hmm. me. So I hope they maybe let you expand that in one of these. Uh, but I love that game a lot. I had a really good time with it. Tom, I know you played it a bit. Casey, yeah. you played it a bit. Mm-hmm. Mark, it's your favorite game of all time. Of Here course. we go, Nino <laughs> love Cooney. The, yeah. Love that cat boy. No, I always wanted to play it. And I I missed it on PS3, and I was hoping for a PS4 re-release, and they just they just never did. Mm. I, I you know I like RPGs, and but yeah, and I, I don't know like do you have to play the first one to play? No, understand. Nope. Stories are totally different. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Not the combat's totally different every, too. Yeah. It's, it's well, the first one game. you do like creatures and stuff. Or whatever. first one's kind of like Pokemon. Yeah. 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 But then the second, but this one like you actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm still sorely disappointed that the second one got rid of that mechanic entirely. So, oh, really? The like yeah. the capturing? Yeah, it's just not there at all. And I mean, yeah. they have Higgledies, which is the Higgledies. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, you couldn't hear that. Uh, Barrett Courtney, our producer's dulcet tones, yelled out for the Higgledies yeah. as he has said on the show. Higgledies are lit. They are. They are. Quite Especially lit. the fire ones. Yeah, the they're fire really, ones are literally lit. They're really they, cute, oh, they and are. I like them, but there's nothing. They're very different from going out and capturing monsters and training them up. Like, griffins yeah, and dragons. They're better. They're more akin to Pikmin uh, than they are. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but so you, you both played it a bit. I don't know where you ended up with the game, how far you got into it, both of you, but are you excited for the DLC? Will you return to the game? I, I didn't beat it. Okay. I lost a little bit of steam with it, but I, I did get pretty far in. I'm just more happy that like I, I don't know if I'm going to go back for this DLC necessarily but I'm really happy that it's getting it mm. I, I'm just really impressed with the support this game's getting it's mm-hmm. not the type of game uh, for one reason or another that I would have expected to yeah. get this level of post-launch support mm-hmm. um, I, I think they're doing a really like the PC port I know this is beyond but the PC port was really good they supported that <laughs> with bug fixes you. they're doing these DLC packs like it it's really it's really impressive. It's really admirable, and and I I like that a lot uh, because they have a lot of systems like the Kingdom Builder and these randomized dungeons that facilitate adding just new content, mm-hmm. and and it's nice that they're taking advantage of that rather than just saying, eh, you know, whatever. Yeah, and hopefully that means it sold well. Yeah. To be totally honest, I stopped playing about fifteen hours in because the code I got. Uh, in pre-release was on the PC and I mm. <laughs> I really really prefer playing on the PS4 and also the cloud saves don't work on You're my on copy the right on show, Casey. Yeah. That's Great. what I like to hear. No, so like I, I, leave. I yeah, stopped playing because I have it it's stuck on a PC. So yeah. I mm-hmm. do intend to start a new game eventually on PS4. Maybe that, during that happens our winter a lot, break. Like at this job, it's like, <laughs> well, with happened with Final Fantasy 15 is we got it was it was like a debug copy, mm-hmm. and it's like you put like 40 hours into it, and then the game comes out, and you're like, I'm not covering any of this DLC because I would have to start from the beginning. Yep, <laughs> yep. Sorry, it's not happening. It's a rough life we lead. I know. <laughs> Getting games <laughs> and early. Since, no, since my co- this copy of Nino Kuni doesn't work with the Steam cloud saves, I can't even like 
take I would have to take a computer back and forth. I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> TLTR, do not want to deal. It's fair. Uh, well, I hope you do jump back into it. I hope if you're listening and you maybe played Nino Kuni or dropped off, you do jump back in. Uh, I was really surprised. I think it's a very, very good game. It definitely has its faults, but is very fun. Uh, if you are not of the single player persuasion, however, and you you long for the days where you can be dropped into a map with 99 of your best friends or strangers, uh, good news. Realm Royale is getting a closed beta. I believe it's launching this week. If you're listening to the show when it uh, went really? live, yes, this week. Yeah, man, I, wanna, I actually, play. I actually immediately went and signed up for it when you sent this, <laughs> and, but it didn't say when it was coming out anywhere on the website. So I think they're rolling. Uh, they announced it on the 24th on the PlayStation mm-hmm. blog and said it was coming the next week, which would be this okay, week. Cool. Uh, so that'll be coming. Uh, in addition to that, H1Z1 is launching in full on August 7th and bringing with it, uh, it's been available sort of in its beta early access mm-hmm. form. Uh, it'll have new weapons, new vehicles, a battle pass available for people. Um, my question in general is one, if you're playing Battle Royale games, will you jump into either of these now on PS4? Uh, and two, do you see there being a viable space for so many Battle Royale games on a platform that, of course, it's been a lot in contention right now of not wanting to go cross-play with other consoles. It will go cross-play with PC with certain games, but how do you feel about that? The only thing I love more than Nino Kuni 2 <laughs> is Battle Royale games. Yes. Yeah. All the all the Mark. <laughs> all right, Mark. <laughs> uh, I, I want... I, I'm excited that H1Z1 is leaving early access or whatever it's called. Open beta? Was that what it, it was on PS4? It's H0Z0. Zero, zero, oh, okay. yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not. Um, that's that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, that would actually be great. I kind of uh, like that. <laughs> so I'm really glad it's leaving. I'm really glad that Realm Royale is coming there because uh, the PS4 has it has its crossplay issues, which I've written on the site about yes. how much mm-hmm. they frustrate me. Um, but it is exciting that more Battle Royales are coming Mm-hmm. There because it got what the culling two which mm-hmm. flamed out of oh, existence no. in a week uh, yeah um and then H one Z one and and uh, uh what was the other one there's one more that I'm forgetting completely and I can't remember right now anyway radical it, heights no, uh never, that never <laughs> no that was on PC only, never I made think. it yeah <laughs> uh, but anyway. PUBG, the main thing is PUBG has... N- oh, Fortnite. Duh, that's the other one. <laughs> oh, I, 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 oh, you can't mean that. Oh. <laughs> can't believe I'm playing that. Fortnite. Fortnite, so Fortnite and H1Z1 are the only, like, really the only Battle Royale options on PS4 because PUBG yeah. didn't make it there yet. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure it will. Um, <sighs> but now that Realm Royale, Realm Royale is coming in, I'm glad that there's more options. I'm also really glad that uh, Realm Royale, I think what impressed me most about it when it came out in early access on PC is that it's really different. Mm-hmm. It's not just a Fortnite clone. It's not just a PUBG clone. It is really doing its own thing. You have mounts that anytime you can press a button and you just get on a horse and ride away and you have infinite horses that you can summon at any time. It's very silly. Infinite and you horses. customize your horses? Uh, there are cosmetics <gasps> for your horses, although those cost money because that's the way these games work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the horse armor. The other thing is that you choose a class. You choose, one of, yeah, you choose one of five classes and they all have their own abilities. And then also they have their own abilities and a special weapon and armor that they can find on the field. So mm. you actually are like building the class as you go. So if you want, like the engineer has a shield or you can also choose different weapons or different abilities that you find like looting, like normal PUBG looting. Mm. Um, so it's very, very 
weird and different and brings in these RPG elements and and is very colorful and creative and obviously Casey you can speak to this a little more but high res behind it you know high res uh I feel like high res gets a little bit of uh the short end of the stick sometimes because like when Paladins came out everyone was like oh it's just an Overwatch clone and mm. when Smite came out people were like oh it's just 2D or 3D uh League of Legends and all that, like they constantly get that comparison, mm-hmm. and sure. I feel like they got it again with Realm Royale. Yeah. And then when it came out, people were like, "Whoa, wait! Yeah, this is actually <laughs> something, and this is actually mm-hmm. different, and it's really good." So I was happy to see it break past that barrier of comparison. I'm definitely looking forward to it. I mean, I've I played a ton of Fortnite, and I'm not playing it so much anymore. But a fantasy themed Battle Royale is super up my alley. I know it's going to be incredibly up all of my friends' alleys that I usually play games like this with. So I know as soon as it comes out, they're going to be playing it, and I'm going to have a bunch of people to play with. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm a fan of high res. Like, I really like Smite on the PS4. Um, I haven't played much of Paladins, but I know that they support both games a lot. There's always so much new content coming out with this game, and with that level of service on those games, I trust that they will provide the same level of service for Realm Morale. And I'm excited to play it. I'm really, I'm really interested. You can play warrior, assassin, mage, engineer, or hunter. Mm-hmm. That just sounds really cool. Are you I mean, going to do hunter? Yeah, just to keep in. I'm a sneaky. <laughs> I'm a sneaky archer. I'm going to do that. I, I think it's the hunter that gets the. There's one of them that gets a sniper rifle. It's either the assassin or the hunter. Oh yeah, there is also an assassin. So. Yeah. Because the way the game works, too, is everything that you loot that you don't need, you turn into shards, and then you can go to forges around the map and turn those shards, craft them into mm-hmm. things. But when you're crafting, a big light and noise pops up so everyone knows you're mm-hmm. doing it and they can come attack you while you're waiting for this item to finish. I risk crafting. high reward. Yeah, so it, it sounds, it sounds cool. like there's more to do in this battle royale other than just look for people. Like, yeah. Like, I know in PUBG you're like, you know, looking at houses and stuff like that. And the same with Fortnite is you're, you're you know, swinging an axe and, it's a little and more doing active. some trees. Yeah. But it like... This one, it seems like you're doing actually some doing trees. some trees. <laughs> yeah, you know that classic Fortnite sh- action, chopping the trees and stuff. <laughs> uh, but uh, this one, it seems like you're like, yeah. But I mean, that also kind of sounds like, uh, kind of sounds like it's it's borrowing stuff. Well, probably not borrowing because it probably came out first. But I don't know when this game came out. I almost knocked over your drink. It's fine. Uh, but uh, what was the game? <laughs> the one I just talked about, Radical Heights. Like yeah. there was stuff in that game too, where it was like, hey, you can like play this game or whatever but it would be loud and stuff mm-hmm. like that but it was like maybe you could get a cool weapon and stuff like that so yeah it, it was interesting to see some of the similarities of that it's it's weirdly tragic to me how much radical heights crashed and burned right. because it actually had some stuff that was a little different yeah it had ideas that were different that we're now seeing crop up in other games and i don't necessarily think that realm royale just ripped that idea sure, from them. sure. i'm not saying that at all right uh i just mean that it's doing things that were successful there, and mm-hmm. it's cool to see those mechanics live on in a game that I think has a fair bit more support. Um, yeah. I know it reached over 100,000 concurrent players on Steam when, the week it came out. Um, I was actually talking to one of the, the producer, one of the producers uh, from Hi-Rez at E3 about their success, and he was saying they had no idea it was going to be that successful, <laughs> and they they bought literally every server they could use in their <laughs> server, like, architecture oh, place and then to the point where they were paying the people to physically build more servers <laughs> oh, in no. real time and every time they built one plugged it in and turned it on it would be full it in like out. in minutes 
and oh, then they had to do it again and do it yeah. again. So the game had a lot of popularity. We did an early access review uh, on IGN for it, uh, and I think that it will translate well. Obviously, Hi-Rez knows how to make a game with a controller. They know how to do console games really, really well. Um, I, th- I think it's gonna that popularity is going to translate over. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. I think it's cool that in the space that obviously is very fresh and newer compared to other genres that we are getting competition that is different and not everyone is just doing exactly mm-hmm. what Fortnite did or exactly yeah. what PUBG did, and especially with uh, Call of Duty and Battlefield coming later this year. I'm One of, is that free do. too? Like uh, Realm Royale. I don't know about if it. I don't know what it will be at, at, launch, at launch for PS4, but mm. it is a free to play game. Yeah. So oh, okay. if it's if it's not for if they're doing some sort of like Founders Pack thing like sure, Paladins sure. did on yeah. Switch, I don't know about that. But I know that it inevitably will be completely. Free. My guess would be to solely compete as a like battle royale game. Yeah. You kind of need to start. Also, with like all of High Res's games are free to play right. with mm-hmm. Founders Packs. And yeah. well, it's just like it's just cool to be able to like someone goes and buys a PS4 for the first time and it's like. The the amount of games you get just for buying a console nowadays is is it's a, crazy it's yeah. crazy well and it's great especially too if a small note programming wise especially with PS Plus or games with gold things like that uh, we are recording before the PlayStation Plus games for August have been announced so if you're wondering why we're not talking about those that's because we don't know what they are we'll just <laughs> have to predict how have they not been announced hopefully yet? they're good uh, I, they're holding because it won't be till the f- next uh... Tuesday so yeah unfortunately we can't talk about those but we'll talk about them next week. Uh, I do want to touch on one game that is currently out now, correct? Chasm. Yes, came out today. Out, as well, today for us recording. Uh, <laughs> as well as Overcooked 2, which is coming in, I believe, August 7th. Yep. Uh, so that's, that's a little bit further in the future. But Tom, you reviewed Chasm. I did. What'd you give it? And I tell us what you thought. Gave it Free. a seven. Uh, it's, it's good. It's good. good. It, it is so weirdly anticlimactic to be waiting for a game for five to six years yeah. and then give it a seven. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's like that's like a very strange thing to me because uh, it's not a bad game by any means and it's not a great game by any means in my opinion mm-hmm. um, but it's just kind of fine like it's it's a yeah. good game it had a, a lot of problems that I actually had to kind of pull myself back from because I was just enjoying it at the mm-hmm. end of the day um, yeah it's it's hard to... This is my third <laughs> Metroidvania, 2D platforming Metroidvania review in a row. Yeah. Mm. Uh, my last one was Hollow Knight, and the one before that was Yoku's Island Express, so I guess this is my beat now. And oh. So <laughs> the, the setup with this one is that it ch- the map would change every time you play if you're starting a new game, but it is a Metroidvania that is has those roguelike randomly ge- procedurally generated map it's yes but it's not a roguelike it, and yeah, that's excuse a huge me. Yes. huge yeah. thing is this, the map is procedurally generated uh pieced together with these sort of puzzle piece rooms uh, when does it rebuild yeah, itself like never so never. it only rebuilds so, so itself like it builds itself on a new at game the beginning of a new game and so it's then, like diablo 2 like, uh, like diablo 2 you don't die like like it's a different game every single time, but dying right. doesn't change anything. Exactly. So it's not like, yeah, Spelunky. Or, yeah, and or, it took me eight hours to beat, um, and the, the dev said it would take like 10 to 15 to find all of the secrets and everything, which I, I believe. Um, it only took me eight hours to beat. Especially since you can't follow a guide. Right. <laughs> well, you, oh. So there's, there's some things that are similar, like you're always going to get uh, the wall cling item first right and then right. you're always going to get the slide item after that like mm. the, there are things that will be set um you're going to fight certain bosses in a certain order you're going to go to different certain areas in a certain order all that stuff 
Um, but how you get there, the paths that you get there are randomized. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like the big hook of this game is that it's a Metroidvania that everybody's experience will be different. Anytime you play it again, it's going to be different. You're not going to be able to just run through it the same way. I think this really was a bad idea. I think it severely hurt my interest in the game. Um, Because the worlds that it builds are really, really impressive for being mm-hmm. built by a formula. Very <laughs> impressive for being built by a formula. Mm-hmm. But completely uninteresting and devoid of personality mm-hmm. f- compared to any other Metroidvania. Yeah. They are a series of very generic-looking hallways. They, uh, let me be very clear. The art in this game is amazing. It's beautifully animated. It's beautifully designed. It's a great-looking game. But the hallways are super, super simple, the enemies that you fight are beautifully animated and varied and fun to fight, but they're very repetitive. Uh, you encounter the same room layouts constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you encounter the same sort of pathing constantly. The fact that it had to fit, fit together in this this procedural Lego-like way means that there was no way it could be interesting to look at, pretty mm-hmm. much, mm-hmm. in my opinion or from my experience. And even when I started a new game, yeah, all the paths were randomized, but they were just the same hallways I had yeah. been running through mm-hmm. in a different order. So it wasn't yeah. really any different to me. It didn't mm-hmm. feel like a whole new map. It just felt like a different layout of the same boring just, yeah, map. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was so hard coming off of Hollow Knight, which has one of the most beautiful, detailed, engaging, amazing, living worlds I've ever seen in a Metroidvania mm-hmm. where different biomes connect to each other in ways that make sense where like I mentioned this in my review but like a lake will be above a city and then that city will be raining right and there's there's weird things like that in its subterranean world and you compare it to this where it's just like is that game randomized or no 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 no. that's wonderfully handcrafted yeah Yeah, and compared to chasm where you're just walking through some mines and then you go through a door and you're in a forest area for some reason but the forest area has its own mini map so how it connects to the mines does not matter um, these things are like each biome in the game is unique and beautiful and engaging mm-hmm. and fun to be in, but also completely separate from each other and mm-hmm. completely devoid of any sort of like interesting layout. And it's so disappointing because I loved what they trying to do. And I think that probably speedrunners will get a kick out of it because it's consistent enough that you can kind of ex- know what to expect, but also random, which mm-hmm. speedrunners love that balance. Um, but I'm not a speedrunner, and it didn't really matter to me how the map was made. It was just a boring map. Yeah. Um, and this, again, this was my biggest complaint with the game. It's not a bad game. Sure. It's a fun game. It's just, it just wasn't anything overly compelling or overly interesting, anything I wanted to come back to to actually see what that procedural generation mattered for. Yeah, the, the randomization of that feels like, it, it sounds like a back-of-the-box like bullet point, but it ends up right. hampering this, especially. Well, yeah. I, I kind of take issue with this whole, like, Everything not not that everything's becoming procedurally generated, but like you know, like you guys all play No Man's Sky and and another procedural game that got a seven, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's just kind of like it's one of those things where it's like when you go into a cave, you're like, am I going to find in, anything of actual interest here? And the answer is probably not because nobody put that there. Nobody mm-hmm. put that cave there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's there because. Uh, a dice got rolled, and the game decided yes, that should be there. And there's something weird about it. It's like it'd be like if you took like I'm a huge Inside fan, and if you t- it, the best thing about Inside is that everything in that game is is where it's supposed to be because that's where they put it. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like 
you know, it's just great. <laughs> and it, like, imagine if inside was was procedural. Like, how much that would take away if, yeah. if it was still spooky. If it was still like had like the zombies and stuff like that. But it, it but wouldn't imagine- have told a compelling story, right? That mm-hmm. way, right? Because like, nobody built it, and that's yeah. my thing with Chasm. Like, mm-hmm. like something like Celeste. Like, like they built that world. Chasm, you know, matter of speaking, like they did not build that world. They they built textures. And an algorithm that puts the world together. And it, it kind of is a little off-putting. It, it's supposed to be for replayability, but instead it makes me just not want to play it, it, it at prevents, all. <laughs> it prevents them from being able to tell any story through the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Like you are only getting Or story. through the environment. Yeah, and, you don't yeah. learn anything because it's, I mean, they can't tell them to put things there. <laughs> yeah. So w- what I will say is I don't have anything against procedural generation. Yeah. It can work really well mm-hmm. for some there, games. There, yeah, there are games like Rogue Legacy, I yeah. think, does it really well. Dead Cells yeah. does it really, really well. And but Dead those Cells, are both roguelikes, so you want to die exactly. and experience a different kind of world. De- the rebuilding of the map is part of the game of you're constantly yeah. going through it. it. The problem I had with the procedural generation in this case was that you couldn't really tell. It had no impact on mm-hmm. your experience of this 10-hour game, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, how the map was made means nothing to you while right. you're playing it. Yeah. And it means something to you. I mean, even in a game like Binding of Isaac, where it re- reloads or does a new map every time you play it, uh, even in that game, how it was generated doesn't really matter on any given run. Because, again, it's a roguelike. Right, unless <laughs> you're so unless like, you're min-maxing the game and you're trying to speedrun it. Like That's yeah. when that starts mattering. How it was actually created doesn't really matter to you, but because you're experiencing the revamp of the map so frequently, mm-hmm. any of that repetition is sort of just part of the game as you learn this repetition. You don't have time to learn the repetition. It just feels repetitive in Castle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something to... I mean, the namesakes of this subgenre of Metroid and Castlevania, like there isn't a specific design to those maps and an intention to layer you from one area to the next. Right. And, and that yeah. makes those maps so evocative and you remember going in a certain direction to get a secret hidden item or to go fight a boss or something like that. That stuff matters in those games, but it feels like because the world will be randomized for each person, remembering like, oh, this path to that boss isn't really as much of a selling point or like of interest. For- well, and even more than that, randomization also does a really good job of creating stories f- to tell your friends, right? You can have moments in No Man's Sky where you're like, yeah. man, I landed on this planet and it had this crazy tree mm-hmm. and then this insane dog monster came out. You can have those moments or you can have those moments in Binding of Isaac where you say, dude, I got this insane item right away in the first <laughs> chest room mm-hmm. and then that let me get this other item later that did this and, and you have those story moments. But the randomization in this game is just how the levels are laid out. Right. It just makes the levels not interesting. Oh, I went left yeah. instead of right. Right. And that, that, what? that difference means nothing and right. isn't a good story. It's yeah. not a good thing to share with friends. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I think the combat is interesting. I think it's a beautifully designed game. I think you can definitely have fun with it. It's just not anything. It's not. It's not a revolutionary Metroidvania by any stretch of the imagination. It's just mm-hmm. like a good one. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> it's 7.0. It's good. Uh, your full review is up on IGN.com slash Tom Metroidvania Marks. That is the, that's not the URL. Please don't. I don't know, think that will lead you anywhere. Uh, but you're going to buy that URL. I hope publish, so. yeah. uh, Your full review is up on IGN.com. People who are more interested can read or watch that. Another game that's coming out, we don't have a review just yet. There will be a review on IGN closer to launch, but 
Overcooked 2 is coming Overcooked. out. And we've all spent a bit of time with it. We've spent a bit of time with the original Overcooked. It was one of my favorite games of the year when it launched. Uh, and the first question I want to pose to all of you, uh, since you've played a bit of it and know the series, it, does this feel to you like, from your play capacity, Overcooked 1.5, or does it feel like a true sequel? And is that a bad thing, if it feels like mm -hmm. just more um, Overcooked? Yeah, it definitely... When I, when I thought about... Uh, I played the heck out of Overcooked One. I was, I was one of the people, like most people, that you don't move on unless you get three stars. Yeah. That's like, oh, we <laughs> oh, got two. Yeah. Okay, then we're doing this again until <laughs> yeah. we get three. Well, because you you want to get good at that level. You don't yeah. want to have to then like you're like, what were we doing in this level again? So you know, yeah. played the heck out of Overcooked, and I thought to myself, what can they do to change this? And it. It was a scary thought because, like, to me, the game is is just great how it is. And then after playing Overcooked two a ton, I'm just kind of like, yeah, it it really is just like Overcooked one point five. Like, it not a lot changes, but enough changes. It it it, it could have been DLC, I guess. Like mm -hmm. enough changes happen to to make the game feel different, but there are changes that could could exist in Overcooked one. Like, obviously, the biggest change is the throw. Uh, and there are maps built around that. So yeah. like actually legitimately like in Overcooked One you could drop food. In this one you you it's a an, it's a legit mechanic to throw it across because you can't get across sometimes. And so that like that's really cool. Uh, the way the levels change, like you're in a level and then the hot air balloon pops and now you're on the ground doing something else. Like that's really cool. Um, I'm totally fine with it, though. I yeah. love Overcooked too. <laughs> Some of the biggest changes are, as you mentioned, the throw, which you can actually arc in pretty much. You can throw, say, a piece of food and directly get it onto a chopping board to help your friend who's on the other side of the map. Just like in real life. Yes, exactly like in a real <laughs> but life But you can't kitchen. throw plates because plates can break. But yeah. eggs exactly. can't. Don't be real. Yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> The science of Overcooked 2. Uh, you can It's not also, realistic enough. I don't like it. Yeah, we're here to debate the realism of Overcooked. Um, you also can emote during matches. So you, oh, can, you can taunt and uh, mess around with your friends if they do something you're not well, happy the with. The first one, you can do the... <laughs> do the exclamation mark. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a bit more to it now. And then, as mm -hmm. you were saying, there are more expansive levels. And the design of them is really interesting. Uh, yeah. So, Casey and Tom, how do you feel about the changes I, that you've seen i really love the throwing mechanic because it yeah. leaves you it gives you the ability to do some really epic things that yeah. you wouldn't be able yeah. to do before like when we were playing earlier we were on that raft level and i'm able to throw it across just as it's moving away so mm -hmm. that i if i had thrown it a second later it wouldn't have landed and then it mm -hmm. landed straight in the frying pan and that's awesome <laughs> or like when we we're playing that level with acid on the floor with the changing pathways like I was going to get dipped in the acid. There's nothing I could do about it. But I threw the plate. Well, not the plate, but I threw the food to my friends so they could cook it while I died. So, <laughs> while I died. <laughs> Save but yourself. I, but I, I saved the food. And Tom, same thing. You had a fully cooked cake. Yeah. You're running across trying to Sounds like Tom. get that cake out to delivery. And you were going to get dipped in that acid. But you threw the cake and I caught it. And the day was saved. And I mean, that's awesome. I, it's a it's a really fun game. I loved Overcooked One. This is more of that with yeah. different things and more lively, interesting levels. Yeah, that's the biggest thing that stood out to me is that the levels actually feel way way better in this one. I reviewed Overcooked One uh, twice actually because I reviewed it and then I reviewed the digital deluxe edition or whatever the it was called Switch on the version. Switch. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that was your first review here. Correct? It was. Yeah. Um, Jonathan remembers. <laughs> Never forget. <laughs> 
yeah, the levels... It's written on his hand. That was your first review. <laughs> I agree with Mark that I think the levels themselves could have just been DLC and that those aren't drastically different. They are, they are very different in cool ways, and they feel much better designed. The thing that I was more impressed by is... The fact that there are a lot of little quality of life things, like the throw, like the mm-hmm. arcade mode for mm-hmm. setting up, so you don't have really to like nice. you don't have to always be on the world map to select levels uh, when you just want to play multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there are a lot of little things like that that I think are just really, really smart additions. Well, this game has online now, right? Yes, that's the biggest. Yeah, that Overcook One was missing because like I would want to play with like my wife or whatever and she's like yeah I'm playing whatever watching Will and Grace and like uh, get- I'm not your wife <laughs> <laughs> and it's like Will you- and Grace is great <laughs> the game was not I did not find it very enjoyable to play by myself yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's just not as good it's just not as fun just flat and out. it's like I would love to be able to just do some of these levels by just jumping onto a you know the game doesn't take that much coordination o- so online- later levels do online is like a, a real game changer I think for this mm-hmm. because yeah, the, it's just not as good with one person or two people, and yeah. the the ability to just play with friends who don't live in the same state as you or my yeah. brother who lives up in Canada. You know, I can just play Overcooked with him now, which is just awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's it's nice to see these quality of life changes. I I agree. From what I've played so far, it does feel like a good enhancement of the first game. But the first game mm-hmm. was so fun that yeah. I I'm not looking for some radical change to this franchise. Yeah, yeah. the other thing with the the whole 1.5 thing can often be misconstrued as the just the same game, exactly. Yeah. Right, and this definitely feels like an improvement in pretty much every way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think that there is one part of Overcooked Two that is. Th- Probably at all, even the same or worse than the first game. I think they yeah, it's the like levels throwing seem way isn't better. Worse, yeah, you know, yeah. because that mechanic's there. If you don't want to use it, don't use it. But it's most people threw in in the first game, yeah. by just dropping stuff. And throwing is a cool mechanic. Multiplayer is online is a really cool mechanic. There's yeah. a lot of smart menu changes, and the levels just feel really, really like smarter than the last yeah. game. I think it's it's. Just going to make people who like the first game happy. Yeah, much. as someone who loved that first game, it's very exciting. Uh, also, real quick, oh, what's the story? Oh, in this time, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, spoilers for Overcooked Two follow. If you don't want to know the story setup, turn away now. Uh, the first game opened with an apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. and you have to go th- back in time. Back the in ever time. peckish. Yes, this one opens with the unbread. Uh, yes, uh, zombie toast have risen so from it's the graves, a zombie game. and they are hungry. Yes, following in the footsteps of The Walking Dead, uh, yet another zombie piece. <laughs> there of they video. are, the oh unbread. They're watching the video version. There's those little zombie bread boys, and they want food. They want a lot of food, so you have to go out into the world, learn new. Uh, you have to learn new cook cooks. Learn new cooks. I don't know what. Oh I'm my saying. god! Learn, learn new learn, recipes. Learn I couldn't think of the word. Guys, wow. you gotta do all the. Cooks. I just broke for a second. <laughs> the bread has risen. Yep, that's one of the puns in the. Oh game. no! The walking bread. Oh this man! Of that ep- episode of Adventure Time, when they're all stuck in the castle and. It's the, the first undead. episode, I think. What? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. According to Hulu, it is the first episode. Maybe it aired <laughs> oh. differently. I watched that as the first episode of the Rise show. of the Unbred. The only thing I love more than battle royales is Adventure Time. Oh, this We're is a battle royale. Too. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No! Overcooked halfway through no! each level turns into a battle royale. A hundred pieces no! of unbread descend onto a kitchen, and you have to. Oh, where are we dropping, boys? Uh, so, Overcooked Two will be getting a full review of that on IGN.com closer to launch. I very much am looking forward to playing more Overcooked. Maybe we can play with some of the Beyond fans sometime. We, I have it on my Switch here at work. 
but I want to play it on PS4. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on a PlayStation podcast. Pandering. <laughs> I will say across the board, I played on Switch and PS4. The load times are so much better, and those were a huge problem to me in the first game. So oh, yeah. It's nice that it actually loads very quickly this time. On the Switch? Uh, on the Switch oh, and PS4, yeah. Awesome. So it was nice to see that. Uh, moving on, time for some rapid fire. We've talked about all the games we can talk about right now, so we're going to answer your questions. Yes, you, if you're a member of the IGN Beyond Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash podcast beyond. If you haven't joined, join that wonderful group of Podcast Beyond listeners uh, because they know what's up. And so we're going to answer some what of those questions. Chris Woodside asks, how do you feel about the growing trend where games are more spread out with major releases coming in the first half of the year? rather than all together in October and November. Now, Tom, I know you feel a certain way about this. Yeah, uh, I, I think this is uh, not, not the case, basically. Um, I think this is, so, h- how do I put this? They are more spread out because there are more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the thing, is I, I think you're right to say that there are more major releases throughout the year, but also October and November are still nuts Every single year, like, I'm already crying internally. Yeah, like, you guys have a you guys have a, you guys have a whiteboard up in the wikis area that's yeah. like all the games that we're gonna have to and do stuff a, for. And then a sad face. Yeah, every it's morning, crazy. Um, my team just looks at that and just cries and pats each other on the back. <laughs> I, I can't believe like we're almost there. And so like, I was in, I was in an email thread and I, I I got the like, hey, what do you guys plan on working on this fall so that way we can start pre-assigning things? And so it's like Spider-Man, Tomb Raider, and I'm just putting my name next to stuff. And I'm like, these come out within a week of each other. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that you're right to say that it is spread out, but it's really just that there's a lot of stuff coming out at any given yeah. time. Um and I, it's it's nuts. I think it's awesome that there's so many good games. It also yep. is way hard to keep up with now. Oh yeah. yeah. But it's really cool that we don't you know, the summer used to always be this doldrums period for games, and that's not the case anymore. It's just there's there's always something cool to find and always something I th- cool I to find. I think play. right now is our biggest, like, lull. Like, mm-hmm. like, yeah. I mean, like, we're busy because we've got E3 and Comic-Con and stuff like that. But, like, these couple of months have been kind of slower. Like, yeah, you know, you got Chasm and Overcook. But, like, the next big game isn't spot you know till spider-man you monster know? hunter world pc and monster hunter generations ultimate she had to switch. do it and that's in october uh, no that, that is soon? august guacamelee oh. yeah. <laughs> 2 is also coming out soon which i'm excited for yeah there's a lot of the metroidvania genres taking over august basically which banner, i'm cool with banner saga 3 just came out yeah, yeah. divinity yeah. original I, sin 2 is also coming uh, out for consoles at the end yeah. of the month but i, I uh, <laughs> it's a quiet time outside of october <laughs> and november we really have nothing to do these days i sleep on my desk most of the time i i love it i love that there's just this like huge amount of games you can kind of take your pick on what you want to play and then and then December, like this December is kind of crazy because it's got Smash. It will just cost four. Casey, come on now. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> and I we guess, don't talk and about I guess, the Smash. I guess here. Smash. <laughs> um, so this December is a little nuts because of, of Smash, but it's like there's a little bit of a lull. And then February is just like looks, looks insane. <laughs> and the end of January when Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. Let me tell yeah. you about a little boy named Sora. I have 10 more about? hours of this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anyway, thank you, Chris, for your question. Yair Donan asks, what's your dream sequel that will probably never get made? Mine is a toss-up between a sequel to Dante's Inferno and one for Ninja Theory's DMC reboot. Uh, The mine there was Yair, not me. For me personally, I want a sequel to, I believe it was 2008, the Prince of Persia soft reboot. That was all Mm, like art. It was very artsy in the... Mm -hmm. 
style of it was incredible. It was never really a difficult game, but it was such a satisfying parkour loop that I loved so much that yeah. I would love another of those. Uh, when you say, so, <sighs> sequel, can it can it be a sequel to a part two of something? Sure. A yeah. prequel? Then Portal, Portal 3. <laughs> like, that's just, like, you know, of course, like, you can name anything that Valve makes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, if there's any franchise that I don't think I'll ever see again, but would love to see another one, it is Portal 3. <laughs> I think there's a chance. I, I, I think there's hope for I, I, That's why I'm still they, here. They just, came out with the they just came out with a mobile game. Like this yeah, year, yeah, they? the Bridge Constructor. Yeah. They also which which is used in their license, but it's like, uh, you know. They also yeah. came out with a, a portal-related experience for the new VR controllers that they have yeah. for When I was playing a Zen Penball portal pinball yeah. game, I was like, I just want Portal. I think, I think there's a chance it won't be called Portal 3, but mm. that we will get another Portal shooting portals it'll be called half-life three <laughs> if they're the same game that would be fine with me uh i'm gonna move on to johnny wait, wait, no wait am I? I oh I god i'm sorry i, I want, we got man. into portal and i was just so excited by portal, it I'm sorry guys portal oh, was no, the right answer i'm gonna Let's just head move out. on i want another <laughs> dragon guard that's the wrong answer dragon but guard. i want another dragon guard by yoko taro yeah yeah dragon guard 2 is not canon <laughs> we need a real Dragon Guard 2 with Yoko yeah. Taro working on it. Because Dragon Guard 2 did not have Yoko Taro on it. Casey's new podcast, Dragon Guard 2, is not canon. <laughs> a 52 part series in which she goes into the non canonization of that game. Tom, what about you? Uh, Fez 2. Mm. Fez 2 was going to be made and yeah. then got canceled and will never come back. And Fez is probably in my top five games ever. So Fez 2 for sure for me. I also Jonathan, want to clarify, I understand Dragon Guard 3 exists. I just want another Dragon Guard anyway. Yours, is, yours should have just <laughs> been Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah. I mean, that's never... And now that it's happening, no, it's psh, happening. We'll see. When that game How is in my hand How dare is you. when I'll believe that that's happening. That game is in my heart, and that is all that matters. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts coming to January 2019. <laughs> <laughs> we'll Mo see. Moving on. <laughs> I believe it in my soul. Speaking of because I know we have some people on the show who have also played it. Johnny Mohabbat asks, if you could add any world you would want into Kingdom Hearts, regardless of the IP ownership, what would it be? Oh, easy. Yeah, Mark, go ahead. Mean Girls. They would go to the <laughs> Mean Girls universe, and they would try to get so in much. Regina George's click. <laughs> oh, that is such a good idea. Actually, so good. That right? is yeah, such a I strong pitch. You that only wear pink <laughs> <laughs> Regardless of IP ownership is a yeah. good part. It doesn't of have this. to be Disney. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously not. I'll actually, pick Mean Girls. <laughs> in the Disney canon, I would actually pick the Muppets. Ooh. I think the Muppets and uh, Sora, Donald, Goofy would be just felt people walking around. Oh. But it would actually take place in the real world. It would be an FMV level. So it's them, but it's always shot from like waist up. So it's just like Sora bopping around, being like, yeah. oh, I'm Sora. I got to collect things. And then it just, it's a fun time with the gang. Sounds good. Barrett oh, Courtney, our producer, has put up a photo of King of the Hill <laughs> no. on one of our screens. That is that is the franchise. So I'm gonna assume oh, Barrett Bobby. really wants King of the Hill. I don't think any of those characters are over 21, so they couldn't just stand around and drink beer all day. So it's not realistic. True. No, <laughs> Donald is 57. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Oh, so well, is that Sora is good. It is now. And Kyrie and Riku aren't. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, I I was actually gonna go similar. I was I was thinking The Simpsons might be fun as mm, long as they got yeah. the all the real voice actors. The Simpsons would actually be a a pretty amusing one. But my real answer is probably just Star Wars, which is a thing that yeah. can happen now that Disney owns it. Yeah. So lightsaber keyblades. Yeah. Um, 
Just say Monster Hunter. Don't we say, know. Yeah, don't we say know. Fortnite. Yeah. I was going to say Bloodborne because I thought oh. that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be got real dark. I'd want it to be like a five minute level where they all appear in the world and then they just see people getting like ripped apart in these gross monsters. And, and they then just they, nope out of yeah, there. Yeah, they just walk right back <laughs> out the like, door. It's, nah. Yeah, it's the Abe Simpson gift. They just put Jeez. back on their Keyblade hats and then walk out. Yeah. Blood, yeah. Bloodborne. That's great. That would be a real interesting time. Do you, do you think that Sora wears a Keyblade hat? Is I, that... I'd like to imagine he does. <laughs> what is a keyblade hat? Anyway, moving on to our final question. Uh, I, Stephen Lau asks, do you ever instinctively yell out beyond whenever someone says that word, even if you're not recording an episode? Mm. And I want to ask this not just for beyond, but do you have any weird so, uh, vocal tics like that? Mm. I do yell out beyond when people say the word beyond. Uh, happens a lot in morning meetings here at IGN. <laughs> uh, I also do uh, when someone says it's been a while. I will sing the bit of It's Been a While by Stained. Uh, it's been it, a while. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> Copyright it's, tracks. It, it's a it's a tick from a show called You Talking You Two to Me, uh, if anyone listens to that. You Talking You Two yeah, yeah, which is a YouTube podcast. Yeah, Scott Ackerman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Adam Scott. Scott and Scott. Anyway, does anyone else have a vocal tick like that? I'm curious. Uh, every time somebody says one time and then pauses, I'll just say, I saw a ghost in my head, because that's a thing that my friend used to say all the time <laughs> was one time I saw a ghost, and so I never, I never knew where it came from. When he graduated college, he they like were reading his name, and they were like da 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 da. One time I saw a ghost was like his quote to be read as he was walking across the stage. Great. But anytime somebody goes one time, I'll just be like I saw a ghost, and I don't know why. I know. I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, like, so uh, as as the most uh, veteran member of this panel uh, for Podcast Beyond, one, and a, half, one and a half episodes. Uh, no, I, I've been watching Beyond since, like, 200, though. So, yeah, like, this whole, like, like it, it was like a it was like a thing you see Greg Miller do. Like, they'd be like, they'd be like, yeah, I like this game. And beyond that, and then beyond, you know. And so it's like, it's kind of like you, you hear it sometimes. Uh, but I think I just hear Greg's voice doing it. <laughs> uh, I don't do it. And uh, no, I don't think I have anything like that. No. I also don't do it because I think this is only my third episode. <laughs> That's fair. That's uh, what I want to know in general about Well, her. so I, I'll say it in my head every time. When somebody else says beyond, my brain will scream Right, it. that's what I'm saying. Well, like, I like just I imagine hear Jonathan it. doing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it happened to me in my interview. For IGN, oh, no. I was when I was being interviewed, and it was basically everyone on the editorial team was all around a conference table interviewing me all at once. Uh, and as I was just talking about something, answering a question, uh, I said, "Beyond that," and Pear just went, "Beyond," and I was like, "Oh." oh that, and then he was like, uh, "You're hired," and you were like, "Nice." That was the secret word. Yeah, I guess so. You had to just drop all the podcast names. It's like Pee Wee's like, Playhouse. I sure have. We all mocked. go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime someone says Beyond in the office, everyone at IGN goes, ah! Yeah. <laughs> freaks it's out. The, yeah. It's the secret word yeah. every day. Word of the day. <laughs> it's, uh, it's rough around these parts when the word Beyond is said. <laughs> all right. Speaking of Beyond. Beyond? There yeah. we go. That is the end of IGN Beyond episode 553. Casey, where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter at ShinyKCD. And Mark, where can people find uh, you? At Mark underscore Medina or in the world of No Man's Sky, what a game. <laughs> Tom, what about you? Uh, at Tom R. Marks or lost in some subterranean Metroidvania-like cave, probably. Oh, Classic no. Tom. And I am at JM Dornbush on Twitter. You can find me there talking about Kingdom Hearts. Surprise, surprise. Uh, thank you all so much for joining me on this episode. A reminder, if you're watching, Beyond is now live Wednesdays at 3 p.m. at beyond.ign.com. You can find the show on all other platforms 24 hours later, so be sure to come to beyond.ign.com. And with that, 
Beyond. Beyond. Beyonce. Beyond. <sighs> Beyond. You did it. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> <laughs>